Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to a new edition of Warriors 24-7, a spinoff of the Rick Barry Show. Uh, my partner in crime, my compadre Rick Barry, will not be joining me today. He's on a flight to Vegas. He's coaching his big three team, the Ball Hogs. But joining me is someone damn close. If you see him walking into an arena or a stadium, they're not booing, they're Krugan. Larry Kruger of KNBR, my longtime friend. Dude, we've known each other for over 20 years now. I don't know if you, that, that's crazy to me. Uh, and you can follow him on Twitter at SportsLarryKNBR. Larry, how you doing, brother? Oh, Cy, I'm doing great, man. Good to see you. Good to hear you. It's, uh, it's been way too long, brother. It's been a long time, man. I, and, and I'm honestly not following what's going on at your radio station that much these days. You're still a KNBR, right? You're still the afternoon drive time host, 2 to 6 with Tolbert? Unless you know something I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so just the fact that you co- we, we both co-host shows with Warriors legends uh, of different parameters, obviously. Tolbert's a legend for a whole different reason, but... Warriors fans remember him as well, and and the fact that we both host these shows with these you know former Warriors players gives us some insights, and many others don't. Um, I guess first things first, dude. Like, how are you feeling about this Warriors team? How are you feeling about the off season? Well, you know, I, I just feel very fortunate. I mean, any you know, you know me. I follow the draft pretty closely, and um, in all sports, and in you know the NBA. I mean, it's been pretty known for like several months maybe as much as a year that the top five guys, um, you know, were pretty much set and Jalen and, um, and Jonathan Kuminga was in, you know, a lot in my mind, like second or third on the list of, of the, of the best players in the draft. And for him, they had the seventh pick and for him to fall to them at seven was just a stroke of luck. And then all this talk about, well, don't draft him at seven because he can't shoot and this and that. My goodness, he's 18 years old. You know, these guys are not finished products. Um, Kuminga has looked awesome in the summer league. He's strong as yeah. an ox. Um, you know, I think he can play, you know, small ball four, maybe even small ball five. Um, I, and I think he's a perfect fit for a team that has such incredible perimeter shooters now with Steph and Clay and Otto Porter and Bielitsa. And now you've got this guy who can put it on the deck and go to the rim with force. Um, I love the Kaminga pick. Uh, You know, uh, Moses Moody is a more polished player, even though he's pretty young. I was hoping they would have gone with Trey Murphy the third there. But you know what? Um, You know, Musselman comes on our show regularly. He talks up Moses Moody quite a bit. Um, I think Moody's an interesting guy. So I like I like that, and I like the fact that they got Porter on the minimum and Bielitz on the minimum. I don't know if I love the idea that Joe's not going to spend the mid-level exception, uh, but I think he just thinks it's bad business when you look at what you can potentially get for what you're going to ultimately spend. But, you know, you bought the thing for $450 million. It's worth about $5 billion right now. You'd think he would have, you know, not be sweating the mid-level exception, but um, who knows? And, and, and I don't know if there's more to come, you know, there's a lot of Ben Simmons rumors, there's Bradley Beal rumors. I don't know where Rick stands on it. I don't know where you stand on it, but like Tommy and I have talked about it. We're not in fan in favor of moving James Wiseman. 
No, um, uh, no and Rick, so... Rick's the same. Rick's the same. He, he yeah, actually I... likes Wiseman. He wants to keep him. All right, time to take a quick break to talk to you about our longtime sponsor, Bet Online. If you're into sports betting, Bet Online is where you should go to win money today, whether it's live bets during games or futures for who you think will win the championship, including the Golden State Warriors. Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next big game, head on over to betonline.ag and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Today's show is also brought to you by Balance 7. So, I don't know if you heard, but apparently former NBA player Lamar Odom may be returning to professional basketball in Spain soon. I was reading a press release about how he started taking a pH-balancing alkaline supplement called Balance 7, and that's what helped him bounce back from his hospitalization in 2015. He even said, quote, I have an enormous amount of energy, which is good for me. It's important when working out. I always need energy to level up. Couldn't agree with, unquote, couldn't agree couldn't agree more with Lamar. And after watching him fight Aaron Carter in July's celebrity boxing match, I think it's safe to say that Balance 7 is working for him. Cool thing is, we've got a promotion running with Balance 7 right now, where if you go to their website, balance7.com, that's balance7.com, and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout, you'll receive a free four-ounce bottle of My Smooth Skin with any purchase of Balance 7 products. That product retails at $13.99, so I'd say it's worth it. Again, head to balance7.com and use the code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, at checkout to get in on the promotion. I know I will. If it worked for him, it can work for you, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see the advantage in... You know, all this talk about trading Wiseman and Kuminga and Moody and Wiggins and more for guys like Bradley Beal. Really? No way. There's no way I would ever consider doing that. So um, if they're done, are they a playoff team? Yeah. Are they a title contender? Maybe, maybe not. Um, But I like what they've done. I'm totally with you. Uh, I think Rick and I are in, ag- in agreement about Beal and Simmons. The only player out there I'm into, and Rick's not even into this, but I thought uh, Pascal Siakam, not giving up the house for him, but I wouldn't mind him. I think he would fit the team, but all these other names do not enamor me at all. Um, and that's a huge reason why the topic of discussion today is that Bob Myers quote on your rival station yesterday. First of all, dude, are you bitter that you guys don't have the Warriors? I fucking hate that I'm not, I don't even want to name your rival station because they annoy the shit out of me. He was on Myers. Myers was on with their morning show yesterday. We're taping this on uh, Friday the 13th, uh, and he was on. They didn't even question him. I mean, he came out and he basically said, we're not going to use the mid-level exception. Uh, they never asked him who the players were that they would have used it on, right? I really would have loved that information. Um, they never questioned him about the fact that, you're right, Joe Lake is a fucking billionaire. Peter Gruber, his partner, who he, by the way, shares expenses with, billionaire the team is worth five billion dollars they still earn revenue every year it's not like they're just giving all this money away to to payroll and everything else and not getting money back in return um so i'm with you i'm just colossally disappointed that they're not going to use that mid-level exception especially because i like paul Millsap. i think he would be a good player to use that on 
I heard rumors that Nicholas Batum, because he accepted the, the vet minimum with the Clippers, uh, that the Warriors could have had him if they weren't, I guess, cheapskates. That's really, I guess, what we're trying to find out here, if they're being just penny pinchers right now, and it seems like they are. Um, yeah, so I, I'm with you. By the way, let me play. We're going to play this sound real quick. This was Rick Barry yesterday uh, on the Rick Barry show. I'm talking about, and, and this will answer your question about how he feels about Kaminga and Moody um, and about the mid-level exception. He's actually optimistic. So here's Rick Barry. Here's the deal. Personally, to use it, just to use it, if you don't truly believe that the person that you can get is going to be a valuable addition to your team, then I say don't use it. And maybe it's a situation for what they've seen here so far by Kaminga and, and, you know, and uh, Moody that they like what they're seeing and what's going to do, it's going to give more opportunities for especially Kaminga to get a chance to play and get some time and learn under fire. Uh, I, I, again, watching this thing again, I'm, 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 he's, I'm, I'm become a little bit of a fan of his because I I know I see it. I no, see no. you're turning the page. You are. No, no because, <laughs> because I hadn't really seen him play a lot. I was just looking at stats, and stats don't tell the whole story, although they don't lie when it comes to percentages, especially at the free throw line. Right. I mean, there's a lot of other factors with twos and threes and when you have to take them. And there's no doubt he's got to get better in those areas. But I see skills and things that he does that are very impressive to me. I mean, yeah. yeah. And so I think he does have the potential to become a really good player, but it's all going to be predicated on him learning some of the little fine nuances we discussed on our last show. But also, right. but also him getting to be a better shooter. He's got to become a more consistent shooter from twos and threes in the free throw line. If he does that with the other skills he has and the abilities that he has and keeps working on all of that, I see a really nice upside for him. I really do. And I actually think right now, Moody brings a little bit more to the table because he looks like he's pretty darn good from those three-point shots. He's very he, smart about oh. getting open. I So I like both of them. I, I really do. So I'm happy to see that. Uh, how much they're going to contribute remains to be seen, but I'm, I'm, I have some optimism now, which I didn't have before. Yeah, so those are Rick's thoughts. And um, so anyways, man, yeah. So I, does it bother you, dude, that you don't have the Warriors? Like, I, I really hate that came to your loss them, man. I know you guys are the 49ers and Giants. But I don't know. Do you, do you care? Does that matter to you? I mean, I'd rather have them than not, but it doesn't really matter. Yeah. It doesn't really matter. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, if you're a hardcore warrior fan, and I love Tim Roy, right? And I think Tim Roy, I mean, I, Tim Roy is my boy. We go way back. Same. We go back Same. to the Canadian, Canadian League. I mean, I've known him since 1993 or something like that. Um how do you know him? Is that from your is that TV sport? You're playing. You're if you're if you're a hardcore Warrior fan, you're watching it on television. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know what kind of impact the Warriors really give a radio station. Um, <laughs> and I, you know, and 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 I don't know. I mean, I think um, you know whatever. I mean, it's you know, it is what it is. It's radio business. You know, I'd rather have yeah. there be two stations than one station. So if this is part of what it takes to have two stations in one station, then I guess I, I'm okay with it. And you, I'm guessing you knew Tim from your days at the CFL scouting back then. Yeah, he used to be the voice of the Sacramento Gold Miners. Now we, <laughs> Tim and I, Tim and I sat poolside next to each other in Winnipeg for crying out loud. Uh, you know, back in 1994 or something. You know, yeah, I've known him for a long, long time. He's a great guy. 
Uh, and now, you know, Tommy joins him for a lot of those broadcasts and it's really great. I think it's a terrific broadcast, but the reality is, is I only catch it when I'm in the car and in the pandemic, I was never in the car. So right. I, it's like, you know, the fact where the warriors are on radio is like, yeah. So, you know, what I mean, it, it doesn't really affect me that much. What affects me in terms of being a fan is that I don't feel like you guys are getting the top tier guests that your rival station's getting. You know, that's the only thing I notice is that they get all these names all the time coming on. And then, of course, all they do is lob them softball questions. But you guys used to always get Bob Myers. These guys used to always get Kerr. I know they still probably come on, but it's just not at the regular frequency that, that those guys are getting them. That's the only way I'm, I'm seeing it different. By the way, when did you start at ESPN Radio? I know you've been on and off with them, but I saw that on your bio that you're doing Sundays on ESPN Radio. Is that right? Well, we haven't done it since the pandemic, really. But, you know, we John Lund and I were doing Sunday nights there uh, for about a year, year and a half. And um, we still have a contract to do more. So, um, you know, I would imagine we will do more Sundays, but it's not every Sunday. It's like, you know, we haven't done it in several months now, actually over a year. But um, but yeah, John and I were doing Sunday nights on ESPN radio, uh, starting in like baseball season and continuing through football season that's crazy that's that's prestigious dude i hope you, you get that started again um and larry Kruger's joining me my, my old compadre i was his producer so i so just for people who aren't familiar i was an intern at kmbr starting back in uh, 2000 and you started a thing at like in 97 somewhere around there yeah yeah uh, and then so right when and just the moment i started there you and i just just clicked and i was your producer for a while and uh it's crazy that whole catastrophe was 14 years ago that the, the drama that no one even remembers anymore um but uh, I, it's i'm so stoked for you dude that you're like you're the afternoon drive time host there that's fucking awesome um and, and going back to the warriors dude so here's what they did this offseason and, and and god man so many of these media groups in the barrier dude, and you don't have to add to this if you don't want to just because i know you're more intertwined than i am but there, it's just such amateur hour at so many of these places like for example you had one of these kids uh, that they hire straight out of college at, at uh, the NBC affiliate here who covers the Warriors, um, giving them like a, a an A grade or saying they're winners in the offseason. This is all the Warriors did this offseason. They signed Otto Porter, Porter Jr. to a men. Uh, Bielica, is that how you pronounce his last name? You said it a second ago. Bielitsa. 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 Jesus, congratulations on getting that right. Bielitsa. <laughs> also in the minimum. Uh, Andre Iguodala came back also at the bed minimum. You got the two teenagers, uh, and, and I'm with you on Kaminga, by the way. We had Kristen Peake of Yahoo Sports on a little while ago, and she raved about him, and she's known him for the last five years. And then Moses Moody, and, and I'm kind of with you about, about uh, I would have gone with a Virginia kid myself as well, but Moody's a fantastic pickup too. Um, but that's it. That's all they did. So how can you say that a team with, with three aging stars, I mean, all three of their stars are in their 30s now, how could you say that's a successful offseason when you surrounded him them with three guys who are either really old or really injury prone. I mean, do you think this was a winning offseason for the Warriors? Well, I just don't know what you expected, what you expected them to be able to do. I mean, they, they don't have, they've, they've got, they had the highest payroll in the NBA last year by a wide margin. Yeah. They don't want to trade Steph. They don't want to trade clay. They don't want to trade Draymond. Um, so what, what they don't, they, you know, they just drafted Wiseman. He unfortunately missed the, you know, he's going to miss all of summer. So if you're going to trade him now, you're trading him at a loss. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's just bad business to trade him. Um, so I don't, I didn't see them having tremendous options. I mean, they had these two lottery picks 
And despite the fact that they're, you know, a title contender, or at least a, a consistent playoff team in the West. And I thought that they, they did well with those picks. Um, if they had paid big money for Bielitsa or Porter or Iguodala, it'd be one thing, but they got all three of those guys on the minimum. Yeah. So, you know, I don't really have a problem with what they've done. I guess you could be critical and say it's not the air of commission as much as the air of omission. They haven't made <laughs> that monster deal that, you know, they didn't pick up Ben Simmons. They didn't pick up Beal, but you know, I just didn't see that player out there. I mean, to be honest, the only thing that I would have done differently, and I was talking about it going into the draft, is I would have taken Kuminga at, at with that first pick at seven. But I would have taken the kid Sangoon, the the who's now with Houston, the the big man from Turkey from Turkey, who's who's you know won the MVP of the Turkish League at eighteen, and and actually looked pretty damn good for the he's Rockets looking, in he's looking in the summer really league. Good. He's looking really um, good. To me, I think the one part of the Warrior game that they didn't address is that they were like 29th in in second chance points. They were like dead last in offensive rebounding. And that kid would have helped a ton oh. because he goes to the offensive glass with reckless abandon. He takes it personally. It's like every offensive rebound is, you know, somehow means life and death. And I would have loved to have seen that kind of player added to the front court to shake things up in the front court. I think their front court's a little sleepy. And when I say that, I just mean I, Draymond's a great player in a lot of ways, but he's, he, he's not quick to lose balls and he's, and he's, not, he's lost some quickness to the glass. So rebounding has become less of his thing as time has gone on. Wiseman for as big as he is kind of was disappointing as a rebounder. Yeah. I, I would have loved to have seen them add Sangoon and get just a monster, you know, spike tip re offensive rebounding menace to shake things up in their front court a little bit and give them a little bit more toughness and a little bit more offensive rebounding and a little bit more just rebounding in general on both ends of the floor. But, you know, they, they went after Moody. Now it makes me, the way this roster is constructed, Cy, it makes me think, that they are going to try to get Ben Simmons. And the reason I say that is because um, <clears throat> one, I think Ben Simmons players always have the leverage in the NBA mm -hmm. Simmons through, you know, Kendrick Perkins, basically Perkins says Simmons isn't going to show up anymore for camp. So he, he's just demanding a trade. I think Philly's um, leverage is less every single minute that Daryl Morey doesn't move him. Agreed. There's no law that says that he had that the Sixers have to get fair market value for Ben Simmons coming off that playoff uh, appearance. There's no chance in hell they're getting fair market value. And then look at the team that golden state has, has surrounded. Um, you know, if you had Ben Simmons, I mean, first of all, right now, just at small forward, they have Kuminga, Moody, Porter, Iguodala and Wiggins. They have five small forwards. All right. Who, and they're, yeah, who, yeah. And, and I don't, I don't really see them going with five small forwards. Then you look around the team and you're like, well, what do they have? Okay, Steph is obviously an incredible perimeter shooter. Clay's a perimeter shooter. Um, Poole's a perimeter shooter. Moody's a perimeter shooter. They, you know, they had Kyle Guy on their summer league team. You could argue he's a perimeter shooter. Bielitsa's a perimeter shooter. They have a ton of perimeter shooting. And it just makes me wonder if they're not going to try to throw Wiggins and Moody and Damian Lee and a or two at 
at, at the Sixers and say, we're not giving you Wiseman. We're not giving you Kuminga, but we'll take Ben Simmons off your hands. Because if you do give, put, if you put the ball in Simmons' hands and you've got, you know, and I've even, one of the renditions of, of those Sixer Warrior trades I saw is actually had Seth Curry coming back with Ben Simmons. Wow. Um, if you somehow could make some kind of deal where that was the case, you could put the ball in Ben Simmons' hands on a team that has Steph, Seth, Clay, Poole, Bielitsa. I mean, you know, a lot of shooters, a lot of shooters. So um, I, I kind of think that they're eyeing that prize. Now, everybody, all the word coming out of Golden State's camp is that they're divided, right? Yeah, Stephen A. Smith used that word. I think Zach Lowe used that word. Um, they're divided on Ben Simmons. And I think there's some belief that Simmons and Green don't fit together on the court at the same time. But I don't think that's giving enough credit to the Warriors to be able to develop the talent. I mean, look what Wiggins was before he was a Warrior. Look at what Wiggins became as a Warrior. Now you're taking a bigger, younger, better player who's a who's an elite defensive player and an elite distributor who just needs i mean is he going to be a perimeter shooter no Mm -hmm. but could he could he be a serviceable free throw shooter i don't think that's unrealistic expectation so i think there's a belief that they can make him a better free throw shooter and surround him with a lot of perimeter shooters and that that may be their best foot forward as far as trying to run it back and, and get a, get another ring. And I hope they do it. I, I, to me, I think the more I watch Simmons, the more I think we, we're, we all are, we're all uh, creatures of the moment and we're all, you know, slaves to, uh, to what we just saw. We all have recency bias, right? So it's like, Oh, we all just saw Simmons just crap the bed in the playoffs. So it's like, Oh, this guy sucks. He's 24. He's all defense. He's 6'10 with point guard mm-hmm. skills. Has he worked on his free throw shooting? No. Does he need <laughs> to work on his free throw shooting? Yes. But it's, that's it's where, not the that's end where, of the world. It's not, the end of the, bring... it's not like this guy is uh, sentenced to a lifetime of uh, he's going to be a G leaguer. Right. He just needs to be. He doesn't fit with Embiid. He doesn't fit in Philly. The pressure of that moment's way too big there. Mm-hmm. of advantageous trade that brings him to golden state and surrounds him with perimeter shooting in the west coast with this softer environment i think is exactly what the doctor ordered and I, to me i think that's the move that caps their off season i don't want beal i don't want several of these other guys i've heard mentioned i like siakam if you me could too. get him for wiggins and moody or something yes. like that yes but um you know that's another one that that's another move that makes sense because, as I said, you have five small forwards, and if you could trade two of them for Siakam, who on this team would probably be a five right. or a four, now I think that makes sense. So to me, there's only really two moves that they could make to round out this offseason. Wiggins and Moody for Simmons in a package, Wiggins and Moody for Siakam in a package, and I do think I would do either of those moves. And you make sense. I actually see Simmons playing center a lot. I could see him fitting doing that, right? I mean, a point center um, kind of role. No, I'm with you 100%. The reason why I guess uh, I don't see the Warriors offseason being successful is that, A, 
And, 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 you, and I love your insights on this. I do think the mid-level exception would have been worth it for Nicholas Batum. I do think it would have been worth it. I still think it's worth it for Paul Millsap. They may have offered it to him, Rasai. You don't know that they didn't offer know. it to him. He just opted to go somewhere else. Didn't he re-sign with the Clips? He re-sign with the Clips. There was just so much speculation with his wife's uh, social media chatter about the Warriors. I just, I just, It seemed like all signs were pointing to that, and the fact that he signed with the Clippers for the bed minimum is why I'm thinking the Warriors just didn't offer enough to get him. But but. Look, the, there's a couple of things they did. The, the Ubre situation, clearly Ubre Jr. was not a great fit for the Warriors. But why not, if you, if you weren't going to keep him, why not trade him last year? Why just squander that $15 million slot that you just lost forever? That part I don't like. I don't like when well, your team it, loses it, assets. It's, it's, it's Myers trying to curry favor with the owner by putting more dollars in his pocket. Yeah, you know, know, he's basically saying, like Joe, you know. And, and I, I kind of – I also think that when they did opted not to move Oubre at the deadline, we don't know what they were going to get back. They, I think they wanted to see if they could get a better deal in the offseason. They clearly either couldn't or didn't want to take on the money. But, I mean, when you're looking at how punitive – you know, it's like it's almost like the Warriors and, and the Warriors owners didn't read the rules on the CBA <laughs> until, until this year. It's like, oh, oh, shit. We're going to have to pay this repeater tax. Oh, shit. This thing's going to escalate beyond belief. Oh, shit. You know, if we, if we spend $5 million, we're going to have to – we're going to have $40 million in tax. That's not smart. <laughs> and it's like, well, you know what? You got to bring ass to get ass. You got to spend money to make money. Yes. You got to – you know, you just, you just turned a $450 million asset into $5.5 billion, And now you're yes. going to bitch about the mid-level. But I just think that they think it's not good business. Um, I don't like I, that, man. Guys too. I, don't like I mean, that. I would have loved to have seen them, you know, get uh, Colin Sexton or or uh, even Schroeder for the second team. You know, he was out there. Maybe, you know, he took the mid-level uh, from Boston. Why why couldn't they have given Schroeder the mid-level? Absolutely. But who's who's to say that he wanted to sit behind Steph? He want, mm-hmm. Obviously, Schroeder thinks he's a star. He turned down 85 million bucks. So, you know. Um, maybe he, he didn't want to come here and sit the pine behind Steph. I didn't love the way they handled the Ubre thing, but I also think that they just were looking to kind of, they were just, when they didn't make the move at the deadline for Ubre, it wasn't them stating we like Ubre. It was them stating that we think maybe we can do better down the road. So they just kicked that can down the road and then it just, they wound up giving them nothing. You know, nothing. they wound up wasting that money. And as Ubre's, the, most, the laughable moment of the offseason was Ubre saying that he didn't get a fair fair shot with the Warriors. <laughs> Bro, you couldn't throw it in the ocean. You shot 14% on threes for like six weeks. Yeah, he did. The You're lucky you weren't banished. Yeah, I he mean, was I a mean, horrible start. I mean, guy, literally, Draymond, if you watch the games, Draymond was like motioning him, you know, to clear out like more times than not for other people because they don't they didn't trust his outside shot so he's one of those guys that he's he he's he piles up stats and accumulates stats on second division basketball teams he'll never wear a ring he'll never contend for a title because he doesn't play winning basketball he's yeah. not a good shooter he's an incredible athlete who can put the ball on the deck at will and get to the front of the rim at will yes. and yet he'd rather he'd rather he'd rather kick it at the three-point line and hoist but you can't shoot that's not your yeah. game and it's like the fact that other people need to tell you 
what your game is just shows just shows how lost he is as a player. So he wasn't a fit, but I don't know how critical I want to be about the Warriors because I if you if you go down each one of their moves, I like Bielitsa for the minimum. I like the idea of bringing back Iguodala when you have so many young players. I like uh, Porter uh, and what he can bring if healthy at the minimum. I like the Kuminga pick. I can live with the Moody pick. Um, I just would like to see that one more significant move that either brings in Siakam or Simmons. But there's downsides to both. I mean, Siakam's probably not going to play till Christmas. He had sh- he had labrum sh- uh, uh, surgery on that shoulder. So he's not going to be ready to roll at the beginning of the year. I don't know. How that. much does that matter? I don't know. And then Simmons, as we know, is is a is a broken player with a broken psyche who, from all indications, doesn't work all that hard. So they're going to have to change his shot and get him to work a whole lot harder and rededicate himself to the sport that he plays. And it's hard to do, Cy, when you have the kind of when you have the kind of money that he has, it's hard to tell a guy you need to work harder <laughs> when he's got $41 million coming his way. You know what I'm saying? And, and so Kendall Jenner and Kendall Jenner's in there may not them. be a way to get him to work harder. Yeah. So personally, I mean, if they're done, it's a, I'd give them like a B minus off season. If they're, if they add one of those other guys, I'd make it more like a B plus a minus off season. Um, anybody who's like giving them a straight A right now is, is, you know, on the broadcast team or, you know, applying for a job with the Warriors. Yeah. Or cheerleader. Yeah. And, and Larry, you and I are old enough to remember the Eddie D school of, of sports ownership where you don't treat it like a business. You treat it like a family and you spend what it takes to win. You don't look at the bottom line when it comes to dollars in terms of making a difference. And the Uber, the Uber thing just blew up in their face. That's why I give them a more of like a C grade because, I just, again, I just don't like losing assets for nothing. And that's what happened there. Um, I, I'm with you, though. I don't, at this point, given with the roster, I don't think they should make a trade. I, I think they should just roll with what they have. Do you think they're holding out on the mid-level exception for a possible buyout at the halfway point of the season? Because you do see a lot of veterans getting bought out. Kevin Love is the name that Rick and I love. But like, we both think he would be a great fit on this team. Is it, do you think that's a possibility? Or are they really just penny-pinching? I don't even think love is worth the mid-level at this point. I mean, he showed up to uh, the Olympic team fat and out of shape, you know, and they basically told him to go home. I mean, I like Kevin Love. I like Kevin Love a little bit. I mean, but at this point, what's he giving you? I mean, a corner three. Yeah. Uh, nice Rebounding. outlet passing. Rebounding. They don't um, have size, Larry. Larry, they don't have size. Or a little bit. But Bielitsa, Bielitsa gives you, in a lot of ways, what, what love gives you. Um, I like the elites a lot. I mean, first of all, I, I, I just think that the Warriors have missed an opportunity when you have a perimeter shooting like Steph and Clay, and then you can add a six ten perimeter shooter. Now you're really stretching the floor because think about it. When you have to close out on Steph or Clay, you're, you know, that opens up the floor. When you have to close out on Steph and Clay and a six ten sniper, Right. You got to get way, way, way out to get in the face of a six ten sniper. To me, that opens things up for Kuminga and Wiseman. I, I think what I would say, if I if I, I would if, if at this point, I would think I would roll with what I have, unless I could make an advantageous deal for one of those two other guys. But I but I think I would say this to James Wiseman. James, I got good news and I got bad news for you. 
the good news, the bad news is that I don't want you shooting perimeter shots anymore. <laughs> I don't want you. I know you have developing guard skills, develop them in practice. Okay. I, that's the bad news. Stop shooting perimeter shots. Um, and I'd probably say the same thing to Kuminga. Don't shoot perimeter shots. And same thing to Draymond. Don't shoot perimeter shots. But what I would say to Kuminga and to Wiseman and to Draymond is that, you know, I want to, I want to rebound. I want to get out and run. And the first goal of Warriors offense this year, the very first shot we're trying to get should be a Wiseman or a Kuminga dunk in transition. Let's, let's re let's rip and run. Let's get out in the open floor. Let's see if we can get Wiseman or Kuminga uh, a dunk on the break. And if that doesn't work, then let's get into our offense. Yeah. And then those guys become pick setters and rebounders and facilitators for the shooters. They're not half court offense guys, but they can play. You know, the good news is you guys are the first option on offense for us. We're going to rip and run. We're going to, we're going to get out in the open floor. We're going to try to get transition buckets. We're going to try, you're going to be a rim runner, shot blocker, defender. Um, that's what you're going to be. And, and we got nine guys on this team that can shoot the three ball and they're all better than you. So <laughs> you don't shoot any three balls, Draymond. You don't shoot any three balls, Wiseman. Kuminga, I know your three's coming. Let it come on, come in practice. You just run the floor and dunk and defend and that's it. And then when you get, and then if you don't get, uh, if you, if you don't get that bucket in transition, then pull it out and let Steph or clay or one of your, one of your marksmen on this team shoot the basketball. And yeah. to me, that's, I, I think that could work. You I know, agree. I think, I think it, it should incentivize the warrior young players to rebound. It should incentivize everybody to get out and run. It should incentivize Kuminga and Wiseman to really run the floor. Uh, it, to, it, it should incentivize everybody to pass ahead. And if those guys are getting five or six dunks a game off in transition, that's going to be good for the team. It you is. Know? And then, yeah. then when you, when you settle into the half court, set picks, you know, <laughs> let somebody else shoot. I mean, I, I, to me, I think I like what I've seen. I think, I think I like, the mix that golden state has because they have more, more offense, more perimeter shoot and Porter Porter's a career 40% three point shooter. If the elite healthy. is like 38%. Yep. Um, Steph and clay are the best there are, you know, so, you know, Kyle guy can flat out shoot. So if you, I mean, you get some of these guys coming off the bench or some of these guys in the lineup, you know, in the half court, let those guys do their thing, set picks, otherwise rip and run, rebound and defend. Rim yeah. run. And, and, and I like Gary Payton the second as well. I, I do think oh, I love him too. Yeah. He's an yeah. impact defender, man. That, that guy's he's all of six, four. He's got long arms. He is a menace defensively. Put that guy on the other team's best offensive player for five to 10 minutes a game. And that's his role, you know, tire. I mean, cause he's, he, I mean, seriously, I asked Kerr about it. I said, Steve, he reminds me of an impact defender. Like this guy can seriously make an impact for any team he's on just on the defensive end of the floor. He said, I agree. I agree. He's <laughs> absolutely a shutdown. He's got long arms. He's a superior athlete. He's tenacious yeah. as hell. He can leap. 
yeah, uh, Peyton was a nice ad. And the fact that they kind of redid his contract, and so he's kind of on a two-way thing, I think that's good, too. And Rick loved Chioza, by the way. I don't know if you know much about him. but I Rick love Chioza raved. as well. Yeah. The step-back threes that he can make are incredible. Um, you know, he. I think that was a Kenny Atkinson move. You know, Atkinson had him in Brooklyn. Ah, yes. And I, I, I think Chioza is a nice player. You know, see, and then look what you got at the one. You got Steph, and you got um, Chioza, and you have Peyton. Uh, Nico's not going to be there, but I mean, you know, that's some decent, decent point guard play right there. Not to mention you know, Jordan Poole. Yeah. Oh, and I can't believe you have his turnaround. That's about the one thing I'll admit I was wrong on. And a lot of people were, I did not think Jordan Poole would turn around like this. They're counting no, on him. I, didn't even, I thought he was, even, I thought he was a shameless gunner. Who yes. Was destined for low percentage, but man, you know, Fitz, I was talking to Bob Fitzgerald and he was like, Hey man, during the pandemic, nobody worked harder. Nobody was in the facility more than Jordan Poole. And then it showed this year. It really showed. I mean, he did his work. If he improves as much from this, from last year to this year, as he did from that first year to the second year, they got something there. See, that's the sound of a professional broadcaster, folks. It doesn't get better than that. Larry Kruger. Dude, you've been in the radio game for a long time. Do you see yourself staying there? Are you going to ever do the podcast thing and, and start your own little media empire? Like, like how, what do you envision the next five, 10 years for yourself? You know, I've, I've started doing podcasts a little bit, um, but, you know, I haven't really dedicated myself to it and done it religiously. Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. I mean, I may enjoy doing the radio thing quite a bit. It's a lot of fun. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I do some con contractual pers player personnel work in the NFL for a couple teams, just nice. from the friends I have in the league. Um, I wouldn't mind doing a little bit more on the player personnel side because I think that's like my first, my first gift. I mean, I, that's what I'm best at, I think, but, um, but you never know. You never know. I'm, you know, I enjoy doing what I'm doing and um, I just don't look too far down the road. That's a good strategy. It's worked out for you so far. Larry, man, we could talk for hours. Uh, I'm not going to keep you much longer because you got to actually do your, the show you're getting paid to do on KNBR. Uh, you can follow him again on Twitter. That is Larry Kruger at Sports Larry KNBR. I hope you you, uh, you register the Twitter account Sports Larry in case you ever leave there someday. Um, but I don't <laughs> see that happening anytime soon. Larry, man, let's hang out soon. It's been way too long, man. Um, thank you so much, brother. It's great to see you, dude. You look great. Si, you're always, always a pleasure, man. And uh, what, what's the background there? What are we looking at? That is Big Sur. I took that picture. Uh, I'm sure you've gone there with the family. By the way, your kid, one of your kids is at Cal Poly, right? I teach there. In yeah, I got, I got a kid who's a construction management major down at Cal Poly. And uh, I got a daughter at Davis. I got a sophomore in high school and in, in here in the creek. I got a 12-year-old. So, yeah, my, I, I love that. I love that that uh the cal poly era area oh. man i love pismo and all that you know all that that central coast down towards santa barbara oh. man that's that's probably the best part of california right there agreed 100 percent agree yeah I, I love i love working there and, and, and spending my time there part-time and um yeah let's definitely hang out soon larry man I congr dude i knew you when he had no kids i can't believe all this dude like just congrats seriously dude no you kids i had great I, I used to have black hair and i have good gray hair <laughs> damn man i know the beat my beard got the grays <laughs> yeah larry great to see you brother take care man take it easy man all right we'll talk soon again off off the radio or the podcast in this case that was larry krueger this is warriors 24 7 that was such a pleasure 
Um, talked to my old friend Larry Kruger, and I'm going to ask him to come back on throughout the regular season because uh, his insights are incredible. Um, he's connected. He knows how to evaluate talent. He knows what he's talking about. He knows sports. Um, the man's an intellect, and he's also funny. It's a fantastic combination. It's why he's been successful so long in, uh, in the media game. Um, so Rick and I will, I'm sure, do a show soon, either with the Rick Barry Show or Warriors 24-7. Uh, both those shows are streamed uh, through the Warriors 24 Podcast Network. Uh, hopefully you subscribe to that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DocSurfRoadShow. You can follow the program's social media accounts at Warriors24Pod. Um, and again, Rick Barry, I'm sure, will be joining me uh, again soon. He's on his way to Vegas right now to coach the Big Three and the Ball Hogs. But uh, thank you so much for listening. Until the next time, this is Warriors 24-7. I'm Cyrus Sotzes. Take care. Presented by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.